we're back guys 2022 finally back in here how's it feel to be back it's good uh, we had an interesting start to the year um some ups some downs but uh happy to finally be you know with the three of you recording a podcast I, i'm still processing this new year it's just all been a big big blur why is it a blur for you my wife and i um were expecting and we had our little baby boy bundle of joy um at the beginning of january so we are just so happy and and blessed and just enjoying the little guy and time is traveling very fast and i told matt when i got in i didn't even know it was the new year yeah this is actually the first time that we've seen you since you had your kid i know yeah it's nice to see you guys and congratulations thank you thank you and just uh awesome experience and we're just we're so in love with the little guy and just enjoying him so but it's just gone by so fast and he's already growing and really really cool well congrats and we're excited for you both and uh you know we, matt and i were wondering if you were still gonna show up or if you were coming or when you were gonna come we just but we're excited to have you 2021 was a lot of grinding getting ready for this baby too and i was like you guys just need to, to leave me alone for a yeah. little bit right <laughs> take, <laughs> i'm finally i finally need a break from you guys take so. it from here <laughs> exactly <laughs> how's your year been matt no, it's been fun. I've had a good year, you know, fun start to the year. Looking forward to 2022. You know, we're having some good fun over in the stock market land. It was pretty boring last year, but I think, think some excitement's picking up. Yeah, today and this restless week and this year so far, I mean, it's been keeping things very interesting. And so that's what we'll talk about today. We'll talk about where the market's at so far uh, this year and what our thoughts are around it. But as we get into that, is there any new year's resolutions you've created as you kind of head into this first month yeah i'll go first i have a couple but i'll i'll start with uh, this one I, I gotta get rid of this tire around my belly um you know every year i've gotten a little older i feel like i've gotten a little heavier and towards the end of last year i had to order some pants so like a new size of pants which is like a sign it's like all right come on <laughs> come on guy so i was like all right, i'm gonna go through the holidays i'm gonna enjoy myself that i'm gonna cut back and you know get in on the salads and the peloton a little bit more do a little bit more exercising um and then my my other one is to you know stop trying to worry so much in my life and just go back to kind of how i used to live my life in like 2019 before the pandemic started so that's another resolution of mine as well so did you buy like a lot of pairs of pants in this upper size or <laughs> did you just buy one pair and you're going to adjust back down to your old size I, th- I i've bought enough to last me for a week of work Got it. All right. What about you? I haven't even thought of it. It's just been a big blur this last month. The holidays, um, the baby. I was just going to listen to your guys' resolutions, see which ones I liked too. Matt, <laughs> if you want to start like a Peloton competition, I'm down to drop some LBs as well. So uh, that sounds good. So every year as we go into a new year, I create a laundry list of just personal goals, business goals, whatever. I, I make so many of them out and I always list them out and try to track them throughout the year and see where I'm at and keep focused on what my goals are. But I think a, a continuous goal for everybody's, you know, continue to eat healthy. It's, you know, that time of the, our lives where we have to eat healthy, um, work out, exercise, and the healthier things you put in your body, the better you're going to feel. And I think that's so important. I mean, after you come out of these holidays, you just, you feel sluggish. You don't feel as good. You get, you know, you're in the new year. Let's get back on track and eat healthy and, you know, create, create a little bit more positive feeling in your body. All right. So let's get into the headlines. Microsoft is spending 75 billion to buy video game maker Activision. Activision makes Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, 
Candy Crush, and many others. But the plan is to turn Microsoft Game Pass service into like a Netflix-type gaming service. This seems like a pretty substantial move for Microsoft, probably something that didn't you know happen quickly. And so everybody knows Microsoft also owns the rights and makes Xbox. So what's actually happening here? Yeah, good question. So it's Microsoft's biggest acquisition ever. I mean, it's a big chunk of money, right? $70 billion. And when the new gaming consoles came out, right, there's a PS5 and a Xbox One X, I think it's called, but this is called Xbox Next Gen. And Xbox or Microsoft released this service to go with it. It's kind of like a Netflix where you pay a monthly fee and you could stream video games for that service. And unfortunately it doesn't have like all the video games on it, right? Because there's licensing and, and whatnot. And so Activision is one of the larger, um, you know, producers of video games. They have quite a few popular titles that you listed. I'm sure a lot of people here have kids or grandkids who play the call of duty. Um, I mean that, that thing was popular when I was in college and it's still popular, you know, 20 years later. And their whole goal is to turn that game pass into the Netflix of gaming. So you just fire, fire up your Xbox, you go to your game pass, um, I guess app. And then, you know, they want there to be a library of a hundred or 200 games that you could just click on and start playing immediately without having to pay the 60, $70 that a video game costs. So they're building that out. And I'd actually would, you know, potentially expect them to make maybe a few more acquisitions down the line as they continue to build out that service. Now, now that they own this company, will they still allow other games, um, consoles like PlayStation to use or play these games? Or are they just going to be solely on their systems? It's a great question. I actually don't know if they've said that or not, but they could absolutely move to doing an exclusive, like this is an Xbox version of the game only. Yeah, that, that would, I, I would assume, and it, I, my knowledge is limited in the, the gaming space, but that seems like it would really shake everything up. Especially with popular, you know, titles that are already have a, like a really big following. And like you said, such a big acquisition. I mean, these respectively on their own are both top 10 in like gaming revenue. So Microsoft acquiring um, Activision is, is really big. And I think that it's good as an, even an investor of, of Microsoft that they're not sitting on their hands and they're, you know, making this push for new service and, and a new model because it has been successful as you see a lot of these other subscription type services, you know, in other industries. Yeah, I mean, and with their Game Pass, I mean, if you do play video games, uh, you know, they get like, you know, two or three games on there that you play during the course of a year, then buying the Game Pass is a no brainer for you because you could try other games, but then it's also the cost annually of about what, two or three video games. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it does, if people are, if, if, if the industry is going this way, it doesn't make any sense to buy individual games anymore, right? Like you're just going to buy the service and then you have access to more games. And then why would you ever want to buy individual games at this point? Unless your game isn't on the service, that's the only reason. Yep. So I think the the next big one is EA, EA um, Electronic Arts. They make all the sports franchises, or the majority of them. And if Microsoft ever strikes a deal or a partnership with Electronic Arts and gets those exclusive, then I think you'll see just a tidal wave of people coming over into Game Pass. Microsoft trying to create a monopoly again? or Yeah, it kind of seems like it. Uh, another big story, and I think this is huge in, in what's happening in the market and the economy. Uh, Joe Biden's approval rating hit a new low at 44%. It seems every time I see this headline, it's dropping even lower and lower. It's probably in the 30s by the time that this thing gets launched. Inflation and frustration over the economy is the number one problem. 72% of people surveyed respond uh, disapprove the handling 
of price of goods. Why does this keep dropping? This thing's a mess. We're going in the wrong direction, obviously. Is this going to be fixed and what's happening? Yeah, I think this is going to be probably the major, one of the major stories of 2022 um, is just how um, unloved Biden is. He's basically has an approval rating of Trump. It might even be a little bit lower than Trump. Um, for those of us who are alive in the late 70s, you remember Jimmy Carter was the president. It really looks like Joe Biden is turning into a kind of a Jimmy Carter type president. Um, he will most likely be one and done. The economy just hasn't went his way with inflation. Um, a lot of the bills he passed haven't really helped with um, keeping you know, the economy strong and with inflation um, kind of in check, I guess. It's kind of caused a little bit more inflation. And people, are, people aren't happy. I mean, I drive a Toyota Prius. It cost me $42 to fill that Prius up the other day. That's an all-time high for me. It usually costs you know, $28, $29, $30. And you bought it so you weren't paying that much in Guess. Yeah, and then, but then when I look at the pump and I see what other people are paying, right? Because you could see the the previous price. Right. I see ninety, a hundred, one hundred and twenty dollars probably to fill up those big SUVs and trucks, and like that's ridiculous. Yeah, how can the average family afford that? They can't. So I mean, just the handling of the economy, the policies. I mean, he's going to end up losing a seat. We're most likely looking at a, a red wave in the November midterms. So, yeah, that's why we always say, if you don't like the president, don't worry. It's a short cycle. They'll most likely be out. And you're already seeing, you know, even some of the people in his own party disapprove. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's a little shocking because these numbers are dropping, even though we've had, like, last year, some good market returns, too. A lot of times people correlate, like, stock market performance or per returns and their you know, pleasure with the president. Um, but that's just been overshadowed and a lot, you know, with COVID and healthcare and, and all of that stuff. So just, just an interesting headline. And I agree with you, Matt, we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of this this year. And I, I think the frustrating part from my end, and I, I know everybody has such strong opinions about politics, but like, my gosh, as this country, like, can't we find a candidate or a person that can actually run this country correctly and like actually make us a better place and not be dealing this with this every single time, every new administration. Yeah, and, and just less division. I mean, it just seems like we're becoming even more divided and yeah. someone to kind of unite us a little bit. Yeah, more. we need we need a rally here, and it, it's not going well. I have a slight prediction on that. So in the, I think it was in the 70s, right, there was Nixon and Jimmy Carter around that time. Um, and both were pretty much lame duck presidents, kind of what it looks like Trump and Biden are going to end up being. And then after that, we just got a reign of great presidents. So hopefully something like that happens again. Yeah, That'd I be think great. that's what we can hope for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get in the retirement planning corner. Let's get into the heart of the show. Uh, we want to talk about where the market has been uh, in that last quarter of 2021. Uh, what's it's going to look like this year and some of the concerns that we're already starting to see. There's a lot of red this year. And so will that eventually turn green? Is there opportunity there? What should we be doing when it feels like the sky might be falling? But let's start with the market check. Joshua, how did the global markets fare in the fourth quarter last year? Great, Brent. Yeah, let me, I'm going to start with U.S. stocks. So given the returns from each of these um, classes here, US, starting with U.S. stocks, we had in the fourth quarter, a return of 9.28. International stocks, 3.14. Emerging market stock, a negative return of 1.31%. Um, real estate, 12.53. U.S. bonds, 0.01%. Uh, so pretty pretty stable, the stagnant there. Uh, and then global bonds, 0.07%. And how did the markets fare 
for all of 2021 as we kind of finish because i think in that fourth quarter right the market really in the the heart of december it started to go down a lot and then at the end of the year for whatever reason just like the rest of the year it rallied really strong um it felt like we were going to lose a lot of our returns if you know if the year ended on december 20th 22nd somewhere in that range 23rd we probably didn't weren't going to have that great of a return ending but how did it fare at the end of the year with that sort of end of the year rally i think just matt before you read off the the year i think what's you know a win especially for the fourth quarter and if you listen to our podcast probably at the end of the third quarter is u.s stocks being up nine percent in that fourth quarter huge i mean we were looking pretty you know dark and gloomy heading into that fourth quarter with a lot of just new negative news and to get nine percent in that fourth quarter to me is just a a highlight of that fourth quarter returns sheet it seems like the market was just waiting for that year to turn and then <laughs> after that it was all red from there here you're gonna give you a little bit of a little bit of dessert and now we're moving on yeah. so how did the, the end of the how did all of last year fare yeah so last year was another incredible year for stocks um the u.s stock market as a whole is up 25 percent international stocks 12.6 percent emerging markets down two and a half percent Real estate up 31%. I'm sure most people saw this in their housing prices. Uh, bonds down 1.5%, and then global bonds down 1.4%. So um, stock market good, real estate good, uh, bond market not so good. Why has U.S. markets done so incredibly well the last three years considering everything that's happened? There's been a lot of stimulus, as we know. Um, we've been in a low rate environment, which is supportive of higher stock prices. And the economy's actually been pretty strong. Um, there's been pockets of the economy that have been weak in, in a given period. Um, you know, for a lot of that kind of that COVID lockdown period, the restaurant industry was really poor. But other industries like, you know, um, tech stocks, um, the tech industry as a whole were doing really well as everyone shifted to remote work. So while there were areas that might have been poor, there was areas that were really strong. And then last year, just as a whole, the economy was incredibly strong as we rebounded out of COVID. So as we sort of end and, and finish with last year and we turn the page on last year and we head into this year, we obviously see that there's a lot happening very quickly this year as we're several weeks into the year. What is actually happening so far this year in the market? So underneath during the market, during probably the last call it like two or three months, um, what started to happen last year was the bond market as judged, you know, by the U.S. Treasury rate. There's the three month, the six month, the one year, the two year, the five year goes on up until the 30 year. Right. There's also a 10 year bond. All those interest rates started moving higher. And what the bond market was saying was, hey, we're not putting up with 7 percent inflation. Rates are going higher. The Federal Reserve said that they're going to be raising rates and pairing off the kind of stimulus they had been putting into the economy. And that's causing stocks to fall down. So then the stock market looks at the bond market and says, whoa, the bond market's repricing risk assets right now. So we're going to reprice stocks. And so now stocks are, are starting to come in. And you've seen it with a ton of stocks. Last year, small caps didn't do that well. There's quite a few small caps that lost 50, 60% value. Um, one stock right now, there are two stocks that are getting absolutely crushed in the market are Peloton and Netflix. Peloton, I think, has lost 70% of its value. And as of the today we're recording it, Netflix stock is down 20%. So these companies really aren't reporting anything too awful. They're reporting slightly poor news but the market's just repricing them into kind of different price multiples. 
Yeah, and you know, with interest rates going higher, the the cost to to borrow right goes higher, and so reassessing you know the projected profits of these companies is going to change, um, and the landscape is going to change. And we talked about it a lot last year that the news is also kind of changed. Inflation's going higher. We're kind of recovered from that original hit from COVID. Um, so it's going to be a different landscape in 2022. And with interest rates going higher, we don't have all of the answers yet for these companies. And maybe, you know, the revenue numbers or reporting earnings for some of these companies can save them um, in this first and second quarter from these, you know, this downturn, but it, it's not looking too great from what we see so far. With bond returns down this year, already and stocks down this year as well how common is it for them to be both down at the same time it's very uncommon most likely if they're both down the correlation will break after a few days Um, i would expect that to happen Um, as interest rates slowly make their way till two percent i would expect a lot of investors to want bonds two percent is a pretty good rate of return we haven't had that in the bond market in a while Um, so if you could lock in two percent in a couple years in u.s treasuries it's not a bad deal, especially as you know, the United States is one of the highest creditors out there. As for the stock market, I just would expect a lot of volatility like we're seeing this year. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if by the time this podcast drops, the market's down 10 or 15%, but then it's going to rally back up and then it's going to drop again. And that's just what happens when you're in a rising interest rate environment. Um, we've had really killer returns over the past, you know, 10 year period. It's time for the market to be just a little bit more volatile and give some of that back. I think you make a great point. We can't forget how great returns were, right? So, you know, a little bit of a reset as things are changing, as the economic environment changes, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can project us into an even better place going forward. But I think that we can't, we can't be too upset because of how great returns were last year and even the two years before. And there's a lot of opportunities already out there, and the market's only off by about you know five or six percent. So, I mean, you you could I mentioned Peloton, right? I mean, that stock's down huge. I mean, pretty soon the bottom's going to be putting that, and you're buying Peloton at you know twenty thirty dollars a share when last year it was up at one hundred and fifty. How much did the big tech stocks really control or help the market the last three years? When you look at Microsoft and Tesla and Apple and Facebook and Google, when you look at those, I mean, how much did they actually contribute to this? They they helped a lot. They drove a ton of last year's return. The market was pretty poor last year outside of those big tech stocks. And this year, they're kind of holding things up a little bit. If they start to come in, that's where I think we see that 10, 15% correction. They lagged in the beginning of last year, though, too. And they really made that recovery like second third second quarter half, yeah. second half of the year so you know maybe we're even seeing a little bit of, i mean we're seeing that already just in the few weeks of january but you know if we, if we're remembering last year it kind of started somewhat similar with tech stocks lagging mm-hmm. so with what's happening right now i mean what are the long-term stories that we're going to watch and follow to see really how things are going and, and what are some headlines we should be paying attention to on my end, the you know a lot of people are probably going to say inflation. Um, it sounds like inflation will be coming in kind of naturally. Um, I think 
over the next kind of three to four months, we're going to start to get some inflation readings that are negative year over year, I believe. Um, so that would be great. Um, I think to the what would be shocking is if actually we start to get higher inflation than what we've currently had. So most likely inflation is going to be peaking around 7%. But what I'm really, really interested in watching personally is the price of oil right now. Um, oil is continuing to go up. That's not good. There's a, a certain price where when oil gets too high, like I was mentioning that price at the pump, it just hurts the average everyday American too much to fill up that car. And when that happens, that causes a recession. Um, oil ran up all through 2006, 2007, and then by 2008, we were in a recession. Does it normally go from such an inflationary state to a recession that quickly? Yes. You won't know it for a few months, but yeah, it'll, it'll end up getting backdated. So, I mean, we could be on course for a early summer recession, but most people wouldn't know it until the fall, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and that data is trailing the past, right? Any economic data is, so we're not going to know. But you could probably logically see it happening, like you're even just pointing out. There's The writing's already kind of a little bit on the wall. We just have to monitor and watch it. I think a couple other news stories or long-term news stories is just midterm elections, right? Those are coming up. That's going to be a big key. I mean, that, our headline was um, Joe Biden's <laughs> approval rating. We'll see how those turn out. Um, and then just kind of like COVID, right? I mean, that's still here how that pans out and to see how it's handled even politically. I feel like most of the COVID talk now is tied politically, which it probably shouldn't be, but how is that going to be handled? You know, are we still going to see everyone have different views on COVID and how it's being handled even with States and, and areas. And so it's just going to be an interesting time. And I think that's another big story that's going to kind of affect markets and economy going forward. Yeah, the, the UK, interesting point on the COVID, they recently just said they're done with COVID. They're, yeah, they're going to handle it like the flu, no more mass mandates. Yeah, no more restrictions. Um, everyone's back to work. It's it's over. in the. I mean, it's not over, but in the UK, they're going back to normal. Yeah, I think the data is pretty clear, right? If you're vaccinated, your symptoms are mild, the risk of hospitalization goes completely down. There's no need for knockdowns. It's time to move on. We have things to combat it now, and it's happening quickly. And we know enough about the new variant. I think one last thing that's interesting on that, though, is you look back now and said the two years that we're in the middle of a pandemic, the market pulled out double digit returns year over year. And now we're coming out of the pandemic and the market's getting hit really hard. I mean, it's just it's pretty interesting the way that that happened. You think it would be the other way around. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can these stories, though, impact the stock market over the next six months? I think we've been hitting it, um, you know, throughout the course of the show. But I, I just think this is going to be that those kind of years where it's really volatile. Um, it's it's going to be a fun market to trade in. There's going to be a lot of fun kind of stories happening beneath the market. Um, probably decent for some individual stocks that have been beaten up a lot. Um, but we're just seeing increased volatility, and you know, your guess is as good as mine. If is if we have an up or a down year, you know, most likely I'd say there's a decent chance we're down 5% or a decent chance we finish up 5%. And just like with the volatility, even over the last year, stick to that plan, right? It, it worked last year. That's what I want to know. I mean, as listeners hear what's going on and, and maybe it raises a little bit of concern or maybe it's opportunity. What are some financial actions that people can actually take to take advantage of the environment? Because everybody's waiting for an opportunity. And if it feels like the sky is falling, you don't really feel like there's an opportunity. But is there an opportunity here? What should they be trying to take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, I would be... Um, buying stocks as they come in, right? 
the indices haven't come in that much yet. I mean, 5%. There's probably better um, stocks to buy for kind of looking at individual names, especially in some small caps or some recent companies that came public last year. But for the most part, whenever the market comes in, you want to buy it. And, you know, it's about finding a dollar cost average strategy that fits the amount of money you want to put in. So, you know, if you want to put in $100,000, maybe you do you do it in $10,000 chunks or something like that. And I think it's a good time to just remind people, I mean, the beginning of the year, a lot of people had conversations if they got a raise because it's a new year cost of living increase, you know, increase those 401k contributions. You know, you're buying more stocks if you're doing that, like just naturally, you know, and that's on a dollar cost averaging strategy where you don't even have to think about it very much. And remember when those contributions are going in and the market's down, you're getting a discount on those purchases. So, you know, increasing that um, is just another way to kind of take advantage of buying the, you know, buying the dip or buying low um, and that's just another good strategy but you know other things that financial actions that listeners can take too is you know like tax seasons coming up it's not just about the stock market or purchasing stocks there's other aspects to that financial plan that you can you know promote value within um, and you know hiring a good tax professional enrolled agent CPA to do your taxes is going to be very important you want to make sure you're very efficient with that tax return and that's another way that you can uncover some value and especially in a time where markets can be volatile or you know balance sheets and, and net worth can be a little variable to begin the year yeah I, I so much agree with on that tax point I don't use uh, what's that tax software turbo tax no. or whatever that's proven that's such a scam that just doesn't save you money and just ends up costing you more and more money as you tack on the various services they upsell you the rate of incorrect returns filed on that service is astronomical yeah i I don't know why people use it don't use it don't try and self-prepare your taxes do you you know try and take your own blood when you need to get blood work done no (laughs) hire a professional um, get it done right. Then if there's ever an issue, they solve the issue for you. Make your life easier. Don't make it harder. I like that joke. Hey, you ever perform your own root canal? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, these are some um, items that listeners can take advantage of. But like as you as an advisor, what are you doing also? this year as you see what's going on uh, i booked a vacation so hire a tax person no, but i'm booking a vacation yeah you know I'm, i, I love it i i'm just gonna let the year the market opportunities they'll come but i'll, I'll be on vacation for most of it <laughs> no i haven't been on a vacation for a while so like i said we wanted to start living our life kind of how we were pre-pandemic as much as we can we booked that big vacation, um, financial planner and me, we used, um, all credit card points and miles. Nice. So that's always nice to get it mostly paid for free. So we'll just be paying for food and whatever activities we, we do. We love that. So yeah, that's my big thing is over the first six months. What are you doing differently this year? Well, um, like I had mentioned at the beginning of the show, me and my wife had a, our first child. So I'll be doing a lot of family planning this year. So just reassessing, making sure life insurance coverage, you know, just estate planning documents are all up to date, stuff like that. But that's my goal is to get all that started and making sure everything's updated now that we have a, a new human in our house. You're going to start a 529 uh, minors account for a child. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so all of those aspects, 
um, that we like to hit for a, a new child, like you had mentioned, the, the child's accounts, um, and then just all of the protections we need now that our family has grown. So looking forward to doing that kind of stuff as a planner. You know, it's not a, a daunting task for me. I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to finally do that. I mean, I've, I've been establishing them for clients and family and friends for so long. Um, I get to open up my first 529 for my own child. So very excited for that. Yeah, that's very fulfilling and get your, your son off on the right step and... That's that's so good for him. Yeah, I'm I'm still debating what's going to be his first stock, but maybe we can update that on a later show. <laughs> it, has to, it has to be Manchester United. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I like. See, this is why I brought it up. You guys are already helping me out with the first stock. Uh, what I'm going to do this year is I'll probably continue to dollar cost average in the market as the market continues to fall. I believe there's opportunity, and buying stocks at lower prices always make me happier than buying them at high prices. So the more they fall, the more I'd like to continue to add more money into individual stocks or, or ETFs and funds that are going to hold the whole market. So I'll continue to try to take advantage of the opportunities that are presented this year. Uh, one tip that I think that a lot of people can do is, number one, do the same thing. Take advantage of it. When the sky is falling, you want to be taking advantage of the sky falling. Number two... If the market is continuing to fall and you have you already know that you're going to be contributing a max amount to your 401k plan, you can put more in in the first half of the year. Or if you can't afford a little bit more, maybe increase your 401k plan contributions or your retirement contributions in this first part of the year as the market is down. So you get more money in the first part as the market is continuing to fall instead of, you know, you could be, we could be past this by the fourth quarter possibly, and then your contributions are getting spread out. So Maybe, maybe consider putting a little bit more in at this first part of the year. Great tip. All right. So as we round out the end of the show, um, as we had finished out the holidays and, and into the new year, any RPA uh, recommends, Matt? Yeah. So um, at Christmas, Haley ended up getting me a bike. Um, if she would have told me she was getting me a bike for, for Christmas, I would have been like, no, don't give me a bike. Like, don't do that. But like, a, I, like a bicycle? Yeah, a bicycle. And I actually, I really like it. It's really fun to ride, get that fresh air. Um, I put my daughter on the back of it. We have a child seat on it and we ride around the neighborhood. It's really fun. So I guess my recommend is either do something you think you wouldn't like unexpected or get a bike. It's actually kind of fun to, you know, tool around your neighborhood. Nice. Um, my recommends, uh, got a lot of cool gadgets, uh, for the new baby. Uh, one of my favorites though is a, a hatch. It's a basically like a baby nightlight, but it actually has um, some audio sounds to like help soothe the baby that you can play through it. It has an app to your phone. You can control it and like set timers for it. And then the light changes and they have like different lights like, you know, for ages and if they're sleeping or napping during the day and they have like recommended settings and stuff like that. But you can even listen to it, talk through it. Really, really cool device. We love it. We have it going all the time for him our little baby boy. So the hatch, look that up really cool for, for new parents. It's amazing. Like every time, like every couple of years, it's just amazing the technology advancements they have for, for babies nowadays. Yeah. It, I mean, there's so many cool tech stuff. I didn't even know, like I was cl clueless and you know, a lot of stuff we got as gifts and stuff we looked up that we wanted and just so much cool um, tech devices for these, for these babies and that I'm enjoying. I think it's awesome that, you know, they have these new innovative tools and services to help, to help parents. Yeah, absolutely. It's so neat. Um, makes parenting even better because it takes a little bit of the stress off too because you could control things like that. Yep. Watch. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I recommend and I'm doing this year is I joined uh, the board at the local Little League, not only just because I think it's so great to help out in your community, 
but also um, it's something that I really enjoy doing just with my son and my wife, my, my daughter, to be able to be at the fields and helping out and uh, making sure that just things not only just go smoothly, but, but that you're in your community and you're involved in doing something in your community that you enjoy. And so my recommend is, you know, obviously if you have the time to volunteer and get involved in areas that you truly enjoy in your community, like do that because they're, they're just very enjoyable times and you meet so many more people in your community. And I think that's so important to just not only with kids, but it's good for our kids' exposure to the community, but to be involved in your community. Well said. I, I feel like you doing Little League has been positive for you, so I'm, I'm happy you're yeah, doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I truly enjoy it. So, All right, so as advisors, we love helping people. That's why we do it. If you'd like to schedule an appointment with any of us, please go to rpawealth.com and schedule a complimentary consultation. If You can also download our ebook on our website. And if you'd like the show notes, please go to retirementplanplaybook.com. But as always, thanks for the listen. Sorry it was a little bit of a break between shows. Um, but we'll be back on track here soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcast. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.